0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm your host, Abigail Snyder. Normally we have the opportunity to travel around Israel and visit this land, the land that God promised to the Jewish people in Genesis. Today, we're going to take a pause from touring, and that's because I need every single virtual voyager, every single one of you, to be aware of the horrific reality the nation of Israel is facing right now as they are in a war just a few days ago, the terrorist group Hamas launched a vicious surprise attack on Israel on a Jewish holiday. It's disgusting, sickening, and heartbreaking. Hamas is engaged in pure evil, trying to obliterate the nation of Israel, God's nation, from this earth. But they will ultimately fail. God will protect his people. But as this war happens in Israel, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves and educate others as to what is happening. Understand that on this episode, we will confront evil. No one likes to think about evil. No one wants to stare evil down, but we give evil power when we don't confront it. So that's why we're going to talk about the disgusting things Hamas terrorists are doing to God's people, raping women, murdering innocent children and families, taking hostages, shooting thousands upon thousands of rockets into Israel. We need to know what evil looks like. We need to understand what terrorists are trying to do to God's people. It's sickening, I know. But don't run from evil, because then you give evil power. Like I said, we're not going to be touring Israel today. Instead, we're going to a town outside of Jerusalem, Beit Shemesh. There, we'll meet Hillel Fuld, someone who boldly takes the stand for truth and for Israel on social media. He's also the brother of a national hero of Israel, Eri who was murdered in September of 2018 by a Palestinian terrorist. But incredibly, before collapsing, Eri shot the terrorist and saved a woman's life. I'm so grateful that Hillel has agreed to speak with us, especially considering Israel is in the middle of an active war with Hamas terrorists. Hillel, thank you for joining us here on the Virtual Voyage. Thank you
1: for having me. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: The first thing I want to ask you about is the timing of this attack on Israel by Hamas. The terrorists launched this attack on the morning of October 7th, sending thousands of rockets into southern and central Israel. But October 7th, a Saturday, was not only during the Jewish Shabbat, it was also a Jewish holiday. What holiday were the Jews celebrating, and how does this attack relate to past attacks that have also been started against Israel on Jewish holidays?
1: So it was on the holiday of uh, Simcha Torah, which I guess loosely translated as the happiness or the joy of the Torah, the joy of the Bible. It's a uh, it's a uh, holiday that's at the end of the holiday of Sukkot, and it's a holiday in which we we celebrate the the Bible, celebrate the Torah, and we dance with uh, Torah scrolls, and that's what we were doing in synagogue when uh, when these these terrorists uh, decided to attack Israel. Very similar to the uh, the Yom Kippur War, which was exactly fifty years before. No one thinks that's a coincidence. Um, And, uh, yeah, in synagogues around Israel, we ran to bomb shelters, and, you know, we were the fortunate ones because, uh, you know, the rockets weren't the main threat. The rockets were, if anything, a distraction uh, simultaneously as they launched thousands of rockets into Israel. They also um, infiltrated Israel and uh, savagely uh, attacked various towns, many towns in Kibbutzim uh, around Gaza, and brutally murdered, uh, now standing at 1,200 people.
0: You're currently living in Israel during this war started against Israel by Hamas terrorists. What is it like in Israel? I know there is deep grief and mourning for the innocent lives murdered by Hamas, but is there also hope and strength and a resolve to defend the land of Israel given by God to the Jewish people?
1: You know, people think this is a war a conflict about, uh, about, about land. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that anymore. You know, the the Israel Palestinian conflict has never been about land. Israel, you know, offered them 98% of what they wanted in terms of the Palestinian state. Israel evacuated Gaza and literally ethnically cleansed Gaza from Jews. I mean, if anybody else would do that, that would be anti Semitism. We gave them Gaza on a silver platter and said, here, create a state. Instead, they created a terror base. And, um, you know, that was the disengagement. It was a historical, in my opinion, travesty and, and, and an absolute disaster. And uh, now we're seeing the results, but uh, you know this is all about our home. This is about our historical home. This is about the Jews coming back to Israel after two thousand years, something that no other nation has ever done. And so we, we, you know, defeat is not an option. We we must, uh, you know, come come out victorious, and um, that's what we're doing as a nation right now. We're unifying, and we ha- we realize we have a joint enemy, and you know, putting aside all our political differences, and you know, there are quite a few of them, as you may or may not know. And now we're just unified to just uh, you know defeat this absolutely barbaric, uh, you know, uh, local version of ISIS.
0: Historically, we think of rockets launched against Israel as landing in the south, but you live just outside of Jerusalem, more in the center of Israel. What has your experience been like in this war? Have you and your family had to take cover at any point due to the attacks?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, Saturday morning, as we were talking about before, were about eight or ten sirens uh as i was walking to synagogue with my 12 year old uh 12 12 year old twins there were iron dome uh detonations above my head where israel detonated rockets that were aimed at jerusalem which you know you can't help but notice the irony of them uh claiming that el Aqsa is their most you know holiest and most sacred place and then shooting rockets at, at jerusalem so you know at the end of the day like i said it's they're you know they're savage terrorists this is not about any political agenda in fact just you know the very fact that you look at their charter and this is this is the unbelievable ironic part of it all which is that you know the quote unquote liberal uh world that has been you know yelling free palestine for for decades simply won't read their charter the Hamas's charter is kill as many jews as possible no one's talking about a palestinian state no one wants land they want dead jews they say it and the world just won't believe it and it's just unbelievably you know, again, you either laugh or you cry. You got to laugh, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, 100%. It's the they're, 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 You know, the rockets are nonstop across the entire state of Israel.
0: Hillel, I know this is incredibly hard to talk about. You're watching your own brothers' ancestors slaughtered by terrorists. And we must call them what they are, terrorists. But if we don't educate ourselves and if we don't look evil in the face, evil gains power. So with that being said... What is Hamas doing to innocent children, innocent women, families in Israel? IDF soldiers are giving their lives on behalf of Israel. It's a terrible thing to have to ask. But summarize just what is happening in Israel so that not one listener of the virtual voyage can be unaware of what Hamas is doing to the Jewish people, your people.
1: Well, I'll, I'll start off with a disclaimer and say that as someone who lost a brother to terror, I am um, extraordinarily triggered every time there is a terrorist attack uh, in general. So you can imagine what this is doing to me. And so I'm, I'm really trying my hardest to avoid the atrocities and the grotesque videos that, that people are posting online. I'm trying my hardest for my soul. I need to do that. Unfortunately, you can't avoid them. And so we're talking about, uh, you know, thousands of Hamas terrorists who came into Israel um, butchered women and children, pulled women's. I'm sorry to say it. Are you sure you're okay hearing this? Are your listeners able to hear this? Because it's not, you know, sympathetic.
0: Yes, this needs to be told. This truth needs to be told.
1: Okay. Well, they found uh, pregnant women beheaded with their fetuses lying next to them. Um, they beheaded forty babies. Babies. They shot dogs. They shot animals. Um, you know, this is this is <laughs> the level of. Barbaric behavior the world has never known, including ISIS. Again, just to be clear, I'm going to repeat, they beheaded 40 babies. They found babies' bodies without their heads attached. And they found pregnant women with their fetuses cut out sitting by them. They have videos that they're proud. These Hamas terrorists, they're proudly sharing videos of them shooting dogs. I mean, it doesn't get more barbaric than this. And when they were asked, why are you abducting women, they said to rape them. And again, they proudly declared this. This isn't something they're ashamed of. They're proudly declaring that they are abducting Israeli Jewish women in order to rape them.
0: Hillel, you mentioned your your brother earlier. I want to turn to your brother's story, Ari Fooled. He's a national hero of Israel, and his story needs to be told over and over again. Would you tell us his story?
1: Sure. So Ari, uh, you know, we grew up in Queens. Ari moved to Israel by himself in the middle of his life and basically conquered this land. He, you know, he, he came and he volunteered for the military. He climbed at the ranks of the military. He then uh, volunteered in reserve duty. He got an exemption from reserve duty, which we do at the age of 40. He ripped up that exemption. He continued to, to volunteer. Um, he really fought for this country day in, day out online um, and, you know, affected really millions and millions of people. Uh, and he was shopping for his family, uh, uh, you know, the day before Yom Kippur five years ago, and a sixteen-year-old Palestinian uh, terrorist came and stabbed him from behind because that's what they do—they're cowardly—and uh, got him, you know, from his perspective, the, the terrorist's perspective, and he was very lucky, quote unquote, because he got him in a main artery, and he moved the knife over one inch; Ari would still be with us. So Ari, uh, you know, like I said, he got him in a main artery, and medically, Ari was immediately, basically, dead. He didn't have any blood in his veins; he was done and somehow and truthfully we don't know how he ran after the terrorist jumped over a wall got down in shooting position and uh shot the terrorist about you know i don't know how many inches but very very close to another woman the terrorist was uh you know had identified as the next victim uh the the even crazier thing is that this woman had served this terrorist falafel she had a falafel shop she had served this terrorist uh, a falafel 5 minutes before not knowing that he's a terrorist and now he he was going after her. Ari shot shot the terrorist right before he murdered this woman who has since become a part of the family. And Ari got, like you mentioned before, in the national the the award of the national, you know, became a national hero of the state of Israel. Um, and uh, you know, the stories even now, five years later, are, are, continue to flow in of people that Ari's uh, words impacted and how he changed lives and, and inspired millions.
0: I also know that Ari loved the Israeli Defense Force soldiers, the IDF soldiers, and had a heart for them. So many courageous soldiers have sacrificed their lives during this war already, and many are still on the front lines, unsure of what the next day holds. What would Ari say to these soldiers if he were there with them?
1: It's hard to know because you know he would be he'd be in you know immense, immense emotional pain, as we all are, but Ari had a had a burning passion uh for Israel and for the idea of so he'd be in immense pain. I don't know how he would be able to cope with this truthfully. Um, but, uh, you know, he'd be on the front lines, making sure they have what they need, whether it's equipment, whether it's food. He, you know, he, there, there's a food truck that, that drives around Israel in his, uh, in his name. And, you know, he, he basically, uh, you know, he's dedicated, he dedicated his life to this, to this country and to the the people who protect it. So he'd be, uh, he'd be in the front lines right now. No question about it.
0: Hillel, I know you're someone who believes that God is still working miracles today. And I fully believe that we will hear stories of God's miraculous deliverance of Israel from this horrible war. That being said, just in the past week, can you share any examples of how you've seen miracles, whether in your own life or from elsewhere in Israel?
1: I'm sure that, you know, there's hundreds of stories, but I mean, one that comes to mind is a woman named Dean who was uh, the first woman to be the security officer of a kibbutz ever. Um, and, you know, that was obviously something that she and her family were very proud of. and. Un, totally supernaturally, and I don't mean that as an exaggeration. Somehow, I don't know how, before this attack even began on Saturday morning, somehow she knew what was coming. I don't know how, and you know it sounds crazy, but somehow she knew something was happening, and so she um, she got basically all of the security forces of the kibbutz together, and she took the, told the men to stand guard, and they stood guard, and all the terrorists that came just a few minutes later were. Uh, eliminated by these uh, by these men that this woman had set up, and she saved the entire kibbutz, and that was one of the only kibbutzim that didn't have uh, casualties as a result of Hamas' attack. So this woman literally single-handedly saved an entire kibbutz. If that's not a miracle, then I don't know what is.
0: On social media, you follow many wise, learned, and godly rabbis who speak truth, and you often share that truth on social media. What truths have you read just this past week that we can use for encouragement during this disturbing and heartbreaking time,
1: I mean, you know, I'm uh, I'm a pretty practical type of Jew. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big, uh, I don't understand Kabbalah, and I don't really understand any of this stuff. And I'm not a messianic Jew. I'm just a normal, you know, uh, just down to earth kind of Jew. But you can't ignore, you know, the signs. And I, and again, you're asking about miracles and and, and lessons. You know, yeah, I can't explain this to you. I truly can't. But three days before this attack happened uh, on my social media, I posted something that I just was feeling in my bones, and I said, "I don't know what it is, but something is about to happen." I said, "Look what's going on in the world between America and China, America and Russia, Ukraine and Russia, America internally, Israel internally. There's just it's a boiling point, and something's about to happen, and Israel will be in the middle of it." I literally wrote that three days before the report, the you know, the attack. and I, you know, I do, I do really, truly believe. And and you know, there's no way to know or anything, but I truly do believe that we are at the, you know, we're, we're approaching messianic times. Um, you know, there's there's tons of uh, literature and is in Jewish scripture about the, the days before the uh, Mashiach, Messiah comes. Talks about a tremendous war. Talks about cruelty. Talks about a backwards world, an immoral world. Things that we're seeing today pretty clearly. And so, I do really hope, hope and believe that Mashiach and Messiah is around the corner and we will all be redeemed and again I'm you know it sounds a little bit like I'm some kind of like you I'm really not you could go you know read I'm a tech blogger I'm just a normal guy but but it's there's too many signs um pointing to the fact that Mashiach is around the corner and so I really do believe that um you know as far as rabbis that I follow and things you know it's it's difficult no one really has any words to say how, how do you you know how do you react how do you respond to this level of grotesque atrocities there's nobody that can, you know, really, uh, I'd say, comfort the nation at this point. To really, you know, at least until we win this war. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's rabbis that are trying their best to spread positivity. And you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 a difficult thing to say what I'm about to say. But it could always have been worse. You know, it's it, it's like I said, there's nothing worse than I can imagine. But reality is, like I just told you, this one example of the kibbutz and many many other examples. Uh, Of lives that were saved. And, um, you know, that's, that's the important thing to try to spread any positivity that we can find because people need hope. And, you know, I'm doing my best to spread positivity on social media, but, you know, it's, it's probably the most important thing that we can do right now is encourage the, uh, encourage the nation.
0: Right now, Jews are flooding back into Israel. The number one Google search when you type in flights to is then Israel. What does it say about the Jewish people that they're coming back here to defend their homeland?
1: It says that we understand that as a people, you know, again, given despite all the pain that we're experiencing right now, at the end of the day, you know, how we react and how we respond to this, uh, you know, this crisis and this horrible tragedy is in our hands. And that cannot be stressed enough. Throughout history, we were not, you know, our reaction and how or our lack thereof didn't depend on us. We couldn't do anything in the Holocaust. We couldn't do anything in the Inquisition. We couldn't do anything in the pogroms. We couldn't do it. We were at the mercy of the government and with you know the country in which we resided and at the end of the day we know what happened. so right now we're home and we can define how we react um to our the you know our our savage enemies and so i think jews are starting to realize that around the world even despite what's going on in israel right now people realize this is their home and they need to they need to get on a plane and they need to come here and help help the state of israel
0: I'm horrified to see the anti-Semitism that is continuing around the world. While many nations have been supportive of Israel in this war, uh, some people, some nations have not. And it's incredibly discouraging to see those protests and people, people kicking Jews in the streets. What does that mean to you when you see your fellow brothers and sisters around the world being treated like
1: this? Um, on the one hand, obviously it, it's painful to see. On the other hand, it, it comes to no one as a surprise. This is Jewish history. This is what we've been through. This is what we continue to be through and, and, and go through. And anybody, honestly, anybody that thinks that as a Jew they're safe anywhere else in the, in the world is not paying attention. They're not opening history books. History repeats itself over and over and over again, and it's repeating itself right now. And and you know, if if till a week ago, uh, you know, people would would utter those absolutely hypocritical and, and ludicrous words, "Free Palestine." You know, maybe I could give them the benefit of the doubt that they, they truly somehow believe the narrative of the Palestinians. They were told they don't know better. Fine. But anybody who utters those words today, given what we just uh, uh, witnessed in the world, is an absolute terror sympathizer. And there is no other way uh, to explain how anyone can now uh, uh, stand behind the Palestinian cause and we're you know, we're seeing it in the streets, we're seeing it in Congress. I mean, Congresswomen of the, the squad and they, they were literally said, please just condemn the murder of babies, and they couldn't even do that. So, you know, the hatred of Jews has always been there, it will always be, be there, and it's and it's here now. It's not a surprise to anyone. It's always sad to see, but we we need to face reality. This is the reality. We can only depend on ourselves.
0: Listeners are going to hear all that you've said, Hillel. And they're going to wonder how they can pray for Israel and you and your family. What specifically can people pray for?
1: We can pray for, you know, the the final redemption at the end of the day. This has to end, you know, not this war, but this entire, you know, period of time in which the Jews are exiled. And we're, you know, we are slowly coming home. Not slowly, we're coming home. And this is, uh, you know, the beginning of the redemption, but... We need to we need to pray for the final redemption and we need to we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for Israel that we're able to uh do what we need to do uh militarily and we need to make sure that we are not hopefully isolated uh diplomatically, which for now, you know, we're absolutely not and we're getting all the support we need, but uh it needs to continue. And and you know, again, history repeats itself. We know what's gonna happen. Israel's gonna, you know, do what it needs to do militarily, and that support from the world will immediately be uh retracted. Uh and so, you know. Let's, let's hope and pray that that support is here for as long as we need it, and that when Israel uh, does not comply and stop attacking Gaza, that the world doesn't turn on us uh, like it has in the past.
0: Additionally, how can people help? Are there any foundations you'd recommend people donate to or anything along those lines?
1: Well, my brother Ari um, has a, a foundation in his name, arifold.org. that's A-R-I-F-U-L-D dot O-R-G, and there they you know, take donations to help the IDF so that's uh that's an obvious one and then there's you know the, the, the McCain David Dome right the uh, rescue service in Israel and uh, Hatzalah another rescue service I mean there, there are many but uh, those are three that come to mind
0: finally if people are interested in following what you have to say as this war this atrocity continues how can they follow you on social media
1: well I'm very very active everywhere but um, At the end of the day, uh, I would say that my most active and relevant platform today, where you can really read the news in real time, and when I say real time, I mean before the news even knows about it, is uh, my Twitter, or my X, as it's called now. Uh, My Twitter uh, is at HillsFold, H-I-L-Z, like zebra, and F like Frank, U-L-D, like David. So HillsFold on Twitter. And, uh, you know, if you do follow me from this, from this program, feel free to, you know, send me, a, send me a message and say, hey, you know, this is where I heard about you and hopefully I can follow you back.
0: Hillel, thank you for joining us here on the virtual voyage. The fact that terrorists are attacking Israel is an unspeakable evil. What they've done to your people is truly pure evil. But you've helped educate us concerning the truth of Israel's current war. And now we must spread the word. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I hope this episode has made you aware of this war in Israel and that you will join me in praying that God delivers Israel from the hand of this evil terrorist group. There can be no doubt God is on the side of Israel and the Jewish people and we will see God's miraculous deliverance of Israel from this horrible war.